You're listening to Box Office Bros. Starring Corey Osborne. It's a party every week, baby. Embarrass me in front of Corey. How many of these guys are named Corey? And Chance Oliver. Are you prepared to take that chance? I think you ought to know what our chances are. You had your chance and you blew it. Let's Let's start start the show. Now go do that voodoo that you do. Hold on to your butts. Showtime, a-holes. Hello there, it's the Box Office Bros Podcast, and this is Corey Osborne. Now that's how you create some immersion right there. I know, right? <laughs> hey there, Chance. How's it going? I'm joined by Chance Oliver. Hi, I'm great. Finals are coming up. I finished I one of my papers. I still have another right. I'm behind on more than two projects. I'm great. That is great indeed. And slightly overwhelmed. <laughs> We're, um, we have a great show lined up for y'all today. We're going to be talking about plenty of stuffs, plenty of things. We're going to be talking about trailers galore. We're going to be talking about the Mando, you know, the Mandalorian. You know, like, would it really be a podcast if trailers, we didn't trailers, 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 mention trailers. trailers and the Mandalorian? Chance talk for a bit real quick. I got to adjust something, but yeah. Okay, well, basically, we start out with a trailer for Wonder Woman. Finally, yes, you are finally right. get a trailer. Finally, for a trailer. Woman. Well, because Wonder Woman was supposed to come out this summer, and they're like, you know what, we're gonna push it here, mm-hmm. which is fine. You know, if um, Patty Jenkins needs to work more on this movie, she needs to work more on the movie. You know, that's kind of the way I think about it's it. Just, well, so it's not yeah. like out of the ordinary for movies to be pushed, but mm-hmm. like. It seemed like they were pretty firm on the 2019, but I guess no I Star know. Wars. I honestly Sequels feel like is pretty. Uh, you have to, dude. It was lined up with Star Wars. That's true. In December. Oh, uh, it was, I thought it was a summer 2019. No, it was oh, December. It was, it, was suppo- it was supposed to come out around now. Okay, so okay. So that's mind. a part of the that's, reason why that they're releasing okay, it at the fine. time that they're releasing it. Then never mind. My <laughs> my back sass is redacted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> back sassed. Sacked. That makes no sense, but it's okay. It's okay. We're just combining uh, vernaculars here. Mm -hmm. Uh, What did you think? Um, What I thought was, first of all, how are they going to explain Chris Pine being there? How is Steve Trevor alive? No, because it's like one of those things where... Um, Spoiler alerts for all of you who have not seen the first Wonder Woman. If so... Why do you live under a rock? And why yeah, haven't you watched one of why haven't you watched one of DC's really good films? But anyways, like one of three. Yeah, but here's the deal. How? Because Chris Pine is dead, real dead, dead. big dead, dead, huge real dead. dead, very, 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 very dead. To quote Teams Four Star, how would you describe how dead he is? Cadaverific. <laughs> But yeah, he's yeah, yeah. He he ain't there. And all of a sudden he just pops up in this trailer and uh Patty Jenkins swears up and down saying that it is relevant and it is it makes sense. Like it won't make us mad. It, like it won't make you big mad. But the thing is is like plenty of directors always say stuff like that and then it turns out to being like really dumb still. So it's like one so, of those things where it's like ah, well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw it out that it's not time um, travel because time travel makes us mad. Yeah, time travel makes me mad too. I was just talking about chance about, you know. Oh. 
about Avengers Endgame and different well, things I like that. Well, I get mad at everything. Like, it's saying, it's true. It happens. It's Catherine a deal. Langford shouldn't have been anywhere near that set. No, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> it's, it's so dumb. That smile. The damn smile. <laughs> oh, okay. Shut up. Shut up. Um, uh, I watched... Uh, shout out... For anybody who wants to watch some cool movie commentaries, YouTube channel, uh, pretty much it. I watched their 40-minute, their condensed commentary of the newest season of 13 Reasons Why. I did too. It made me enjoy that season because I watched a good portion of that um, uh, season. And gosh, it is bad. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's kind of one of those like hate watch shows. But the thing is, they take themselves too seriously for me to really enjoy hate watching it because like i enjoy hate watching riverdale because they're somewhat self-aware they know how dumb it yeah is. yeah they're somewhat self-aware of how dumb it is but this show is not aware of how dumb it is no but um needless to say um wonder woman it was really i thought it was really interesting aesthetic i thought the music choice was the really cool aesthetic looks so cool and uh it was yeah it looks really great and i just really love the new the the like juxtaposition of how um she was the fish out of water before and yeah. now steve trevor's the fish he's like yeah yeah you, that ending part when he's looking at the trash can like it was a piece of art just made me laugh what's this that's a trash can. <laughs> and it was just one of those deals that it was just it was just enjoyable to watch Whoa. i just really liked the aesthetic the action looks awesome as usual ready for and action. uh you know that new suit that wonder woman's um in and like the really cool scenes on themiscara like take me to themiscara any day i love themiscara it looks cool i'm enjoying like i just enjoy it i just think it's a lot of fun and i'm really like excited crossfit competition no for sure <laughs> honestly get me on themiscara for a few months and i'd be jacked yeah, you'd be thick in a different sort of way <laughs> thanks thank you chance damn look at that beefcake <laughs> God, <laughs> I, I guess kind of want a clip of just like me having like, damn, look at that beefcake. No, <laughs> it's like funny. Turn it into my ringtone. It's funny because we could create an entire show of like just clips of innuendo <laughs> and different things that Chance has said. That's like can be taken a certain way, but it is a certain way, <laughs> and is not a certain way. You'll never know. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> On writing, they'd definitely be taken a certain way, and probably me saying them, they would. I definitely have to be careful. No, but it's funny because the way Steve is the fish out of water in this trailer makes me think he just was plopped like up out of nowhere, frozen like Captain America, or just like materialized out of uh, DC heaven by the gods or something. Like, yeah, like he's it, obviously aged. Uh -huh. Is it some tomfoolery, like from the gods, from the old gods or the new ones? I don't is most of his bopper sharp quartet dead and he's not there? Is that World War One Frenchman? Is he still singing <laughs> with his PTSD? Oh no. Oh, 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 oh my. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea why I'm laughing about that. I'm sorry, people. But it's like one but of those. But who would sing for us, Corey? That was actually some pretty cool parts of the movie, but dang. 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 But no, Wonder yeah. Wonder Talon Commandos. Gosh, what I just really hope, I hope that Patty Jenkins doesn't make the same mistake that she made in the first Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman could have been the perfect, could have been a perfect movie. 
<laughs> but they literally, it's like DC was like, Patty, you can make your vision. It can be amazing. It can be wonderful. But damn it, if you don't have a big overstuffed CGI um, ending, we are getting Zack Snyder to do this. Ah! <laughs> Forget the Mac Daddy. It's the Zack Daddy. <laughs> There's another clip from the montage. Oh, uh, gosh. Um, no, but <laughs> why did I say that? Um, it's fine. <laughs> so it's like Wonder Woman as fast as Flash <coughs> because the events in this trailer lead me to think she's definitely as fast or faster than Flash is. No, you know, she she's really dang fast. Like, okay, so what? Okay, she one of the things is like, she bops a bullet yes. out of a gun and then hits, hits it, it with her gun with, with her, her like break bracelets. Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm assuming it's got the same velocity as a gun because like, she's like whoop, pew. like I don't know what it's like. It's a cool shot, not as cool as the one I'm about to talk about, but it's a really cool shot. And she's like using her magical glow whip to literally ride the lightning. Like she's swinging that like Spider Man. That was that so was so cool. cool. That was like, awesome. She's like, she lassoed like the lightning and then lassoed another thing on lightning. Like, oh my god, that no, is amazing. No, dude, like that's like the uh if anything, like if this movie is bleh, eh, at least there's gonna be some really cool visuals and very cool action set pieces right. to look at, you know? Right, like it's well, they, like I just love how bright it is. Oh, me too. Like it's like I really like that DC is getting away from that dark kind of gritty and gray and blue um, color style that they kind of had like, from the original does DCEU the, movies. Like, you, like one of a mature Superman, sure, but like don't desaturate it. Yeah, like for instance, like no, for instance, you know um, what looks wonderful? I think that um, I think that uh, all the visuals in Man of Steel, great visuals. The color grading is just so drab. And like, even with Batman v Superman as well, I just think that they really need to color correct those scenes. And that, like, it even like sets a better nude. Like, for instance, like, I like Man of Steel. Like, I think it's a pretty okay movie. I'm yeah. not like over the moon about it like some people, and I don't outright hate it like other people do. But it's one of those movies that I think it could have really benefited from a brighter color palette so people can yeah. actually receive it a little bit better. Because like, you can still have, like, it's like you said, just because something is dark and, and tone does not mean that it has to be extremely, like, like, extremely dark as far as the color saturation, everything like that. Like, for instance, um, the whimsical and funny and wonderful Grand Budapest Hotel. Very, very good. I wouldn't necessarily call it like a bright or a dark film, but they're definitely dark and sad themes in that movie. Right. But it's so bright and beautiful at the same time. So, yeah. Like Thor Ragnarok is also an example. Like It's super bright and super colorful, but like it kind of is a little foreshadowing to what happens with Thor in Endgame, mm -hmm. kind of. Like... People disagree on how he was portrayed, and that's fine. But like, mm -hmm. he basically he loses his dad, he loses his best friend in a hammer. He well, not quite his best friend, but he loses his hammer, which mm -hmm. is like carried around for like a millennium, and then he loses his home planet, and like he's just like, yeah, I'm fine. Like it, it's still funny. Like he's he's kind of like a. How the Wally West flashes in the old Ju Justice League cartoon. No, for like, sure. You know, hide the sadness with humor. Like, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, 
that's what you could have done with Superman and just on this color thing. And like, by the way, all you need to really do is fix Superman, make the colors a little brighter, and then write him some direct good. Direct Henry Cavill different. Like, because the thing is, to be nice. I can already see, like, from the clips that I've and seen Hawk from Man. The Witcher, Henry. It's not Henry Cavill's issue. Henry no. Cavill is a great performer. He's awesome. Yeah. Um. He, you really need to make content for him because I feel like every like they just make him so boring and it's it's annoying because DC and Warner Brothers are blaming Cavill. They're not having him in. They're they're not planning on having him be in other Superman movies. I hope Hamada like, changes this. Like, like yeah, so me too. So. And like it's like one of those things where I really like Cavill. Like give Cavill a chance. I Cavill like seriously. Lot. No, he like, is great. Like. <coughs> Like, uh, me the Justice League movie we got is bad. There's no, like... And everyone about Snyder Cut, yeah, if it was all Snyder's movie, it would have been better. And if it was all Joss Whedon's movie, it would have been better. But since it's this little hybrid monstrosity of the two, uh, from Joss Whedon picking up post-production and uh, Zack Snyder's and reshoots, family, Yeah, well. and the reshoots. And, like, this was literally the worst-case scenario for DC as far as Justice League goes. Mm-hmm. Like, but those little bits of, like... Superman like talking like like what did he say it was like the um, like he said something super corny that mm-hmm. I found super funny but like that's what I would want from a Henry Cavill Superman and I'm kind of sad that we won't maybe get to see Superman's just supposed to be a cool dude like he's like no but I guess that's kind of the that's kind of a weak no he's supposed voice. to be like a chill good nice guy. guy he's supposed to, he's not supposed to be anything special like he's not supposed to be he's an supposed angry to be, god yeah know? like he's supposed to be um just that you know that one dude that you know and you're in the mid you live in the midwest and that guy you know who was raised who was raised in like the heartland and then eventually moved to the city and kind of reacts like that that is superman that's just him like he's just a nice guy with good values with sometimes there's some subjectivity because right. he comes in contact with that but he handles it with strides and he always has a positive mentality and the thing is is that like when superman is faced with his like the crux of it all is when Superman can't save enough people at once is when he becomes interesting. Yeah. Is when he realizes that despite him having no limitations, which me, um, him having no limitations is his biggest limitation. Yeah. Because he can't physically be everywhere at once. He can't physically do all these things right. at once. And what Man of Steel did perfectly was talking about all of the voices in his head that he has to drown out, and he can't. Right. And he sometimes he can't listen, and that's what makes Superman interesting. They never really truly tapped into. I that. think this is also kind of a weakness of uh, Man of Steel, though, is how they portrayed Pa Kent. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah, maybe kill him. Kevin Costner's <laughs> like, yeah, maybe. Like, no, Pa Kent would be like, do what you can, but don't reveal yourself just yet. Like, mm-hmm. save as much as you can, buddy. Because mm-hmm. like, Superman's the type of person like what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Like, when you meet them, you're just like, yeah, their parents raised him right. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. But this is this turned into a way longer Superman conversation than I intended. Yeah, but it's like, like but but the reason why we're making those connections is because. Really, with what Patty Jenkins did with Wonder Woman is what should have been done with Superman. Yeah. You know? Right. Like, Wonder Woman is the 
backdoor Superman movie that we never got like, in a certain sense. Like, no, Obviously, you want to be the same with them being in war and different stuff like that. Right. But The Dark Knight trilogy yeah. is just an infection upon the first Superman movie. Oh, no, DC for sure, because they just want, yeah, because they just were like, oh, yeah, the Nolan stuff, that'll work for everything. Well, it's just, that's it just won't. not the case. But, though, back to Wonder Woman, though. The colors, like I was saying, colors look great. Did you recognize, oh, were you with me when we were talking about the mall in uh, the Wonder Woman trailer? Uh, like, do you recognize that mall? What's that mall? It is the same mall from Stranger Things season three. Oh, you know, that definitely does make sense. Like, I, I even thought about it. Someone told me it's the same one because apparently it's abandoned and they use it to film stuff. Like, oh, that's cool. Like, I was expecting to see, like, Steve and Robin in their, like, ice cream sailor outfits. <laughs> um, that's great. No, but you also saw a brief look at the villain. Uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah, the Mandalorian. Is, <laughs> is Kristen Wiig the Mandalorian? Is it Kristen Wiig is the villain? Oh, no. no. Kristen Wiig is in it, and she's Cheetah. But the other villain dude, the guy walking around with the slick back hair. Oh, yeah, that that's, dude. That's Pedro Pascal. So yeah, that's, that's the Mandalorian. Right. So like, that's the Mandalorian. You know what I thought? First, I thought it was... Um, I thought it was Nathan Fillion for a oh, second. Oh, it does kind of... He it does kind of look like Nathan, Nathan Fillion from like the, the no, way. That's funny. Like a chubby Nathan Fillion. No, like, no, it's Pedro Pascal and then Kristen Wiig. Uh, we don't see her as a cheetah person yet. Hopefully they're just working on that CGI after they saw what the Cats trailers looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, gross. That movie's going to be atrocious. Oh, anyway, yeah. so yeah, we don't see her as, like, a cat person yet. Just her as herself. Like, was that her, like, talking to Wonder Woman? Yes, it like, was. Just a combo. So, like, I think she might start out good, you know, on Wonder Woman's yeah. side. And, you know, things might change. Kind of like, uh, so I've been watching, like, with Disney+, Plus. I've just been fully wasting my time. I've been uh, watching the animated Spider-Man from the 90s. Noise. Like, I-, I love that show so much. Like, it's so goofy and so dumb sometimes. But, oh, like, yes. If anything, it does right is the rogues gallery of Spider-Man. And like, so it can be kind of like a Dr. Connors with the lizard, but with the uh, cheetah. In oh, no, Wonder for Woman. sure. I mean, I'm not sure if that's the relationship in the comics. I <coughs> really don't read comics. and I definitely haven't read Wonder Woman. So it's kind of a, yeah, maybe like the movies have changed so much else. What What's the point? <laughs> what's wrong with it at this point? Uh, a great trailer, though. I can't wait for this movie. Nah, for sure. Like it's like it's gonna be a ton of fun. I'm really excited for it. And just to let you guys know, and just to let uh I don't wanna just skew negative here, but Elizabeth Banks is very wrong about Wonder Woman and her being a f- uh, I think she is a very big and cool robot. I don't think she, we did, but Elizabeth Banks basically was Got making he was making up excuses on why the Charlie's Angels um, the new Charlie's Angels movie didn't um, work out and said that Wonder Woman didn't count because she was in a man's world in the superhero story is a man's world. And I know that I am a man and that might not give my words any credence here, but I think my opinion still somewhat matters. And I think that that's kind of baloney. Thank you. <laughs> I think that that's baloney. I think that Wonder well, Woman, I think that people like Wonder Woman and... Well, not necessarily Captain Marvel because I don't think she's all that effective at it. Captain like I think, Marvel. I think, I think her story is really is really good. I just thought her performance wasn't great. But hopefully, the director um, learned their lesson. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, with Wonder Woman, I think she is a great 
Um, uh, I think she's a great feminist icon and everything like that. And I think she stands true to good strength. And I can't wait for her to continue the streak because keep the streak. It's one of those things where it's like Marvel tried to capture it uh, fully, and they kind of failed, in my opinion, in a lot of ways. But um, DC and Warner Brothers um, excelled at this first. And I'm really, really enjoy enjoyed it, and I'm very excited for this new Wonder Woman 1984. I bet uh, when they put a Miss Marvel in the sequel, because they're definitely going to do that for Captain Marvel. Oh no, for sure. Because that'll allow for some interesting twists. I'm super excited for um, Kamala Khan to have a she'll be like her series too, because she's like such a fun character. She'll have her series, and then Carol can be a cool aunt. Because mm-hmm. she's so because like cool Kamala writers. Khan is so uh, she's so sweet and kind. And she's like, and she has that kind of like fascination with superheroes right. in a way that's not like annoying, but it's incredibly endearing. And it's where the point where she'll like annoy other Marvel characters, but they're like, he can't really help but love her, yeah. <laughs> despite her being like this and everything like that. Like, so, what are you going to do? No, for sure. No, but like with Elizabeth Banks' comments, like, correct me if I'm wrong, which I definitely could be. Wasn't like Charlie's Angels to. For lack of a more subtle terminology, like for like pinup posters for a horny thirteen-year-old boys, that's pretty much what it was like, am I for. Wrong? No, no, you're not wrong. Okay, because so. it's like I know that you're trying to do like a reversal, but she was more so being like nobody watched the movie because of this. And something that I really uh, thought about that was funny was uh, a friend of mine from high school posted about it, and she was like, "Okay, makes a movie." puts no action in it, claims that it's a female-led action movie, and then she goes, complains when it doesn't make any money. <laughs> and then she's like, blames other great action movies with women. And she like put a picture of Wonder Woman. She put a picture of uh, of like Ripley. She put, right. like, this girl was throwing out all punches right. and being like, no, Elizabeth Banks, as a woman, you're wrong. Like, that's what she was <laughs> saying. And so it's like one of those things where, like, I really subscribe to that point, too. Subscribe RT. No, I really. <laughs> November had a lot of bombs. Yeah, Playmobil. Six hundred thousand dollars. That was this month. Gosh, that was, that oh, no, 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 you're right. You're right. That, that is was this like month. the first. Like <laughs> I talked about it in the Mads of the Movies thing I did. Find it on uh, the Mad Radio Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> subtle plug. No, like it's like I talked about how it's going to be the first movie, like of the like the first full weekend in December. And wow, it that like I was watching the John Campia show. That is like the third. Like if you don't count like a ten year anniversary of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's the third worst opening ever in over two thousand theaters. Oh my god! It's like it's like you said, vast overestimation of your brand. Yeah. Because as much as I love, like, because the thing is, here's the deal. Like, I think it's funny because um, if my childhood friend Aaron is listening to the podcast, which I don't know if he does, but Aaron, if you're listening, I think you'd, out, you'd, you'd think this is funny. But um, we used to play, he used to play with Playmobil. We used to play with Playmobil together when we were little kids. And it's one of those deals where I was like, oh, yeah, Playmobil. That thing that my mom and dad would get me, and I'd be like, oh, well, they didn't get me Legos. <laughs> <laughs> 
So if that's the way that people are receiving a brand, yeah. <laughs> it's probably not the best idea to write they, it. They took the wrong lessons from yeah, the Lego movie. Exactly. They're like, oh, yeah, it's a brand. Come on. What The thing is, what made the Lego movie great wasn't the fact that it was Legos. It was the writing. It was the right. story. It was the way they implemented everything. And that's something that I don't understand with studios. Studios just don't get this. You can't just slap any damn um, intellectual property onto something and make a billion dollars. It makes no sense. It's one of those no. things where it's just crazy. It's just like one of those deals where I'm like, guys, you really gotta just stop Please overestimating. Stop. stop the madness. No, like stop overestimating the validity of intellectual property because the Lego movie could have sucked. It could have. It could have sucked bad. I thought it was gonna suck bad, but, but I watched it. I watched it mostly because one of my friends wanted to watch it. It was funny. And then I was like, okay, I'll watch it with you. And then I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so like, dude, it's like Playmobil. Oh my god. Like, like what next what next are they gonna make? Like a Roblox movie? Probably are making a Roblox movie, uh, which is see, funny. There's connects, there's uh erector sets, there's Tinker Toys. Erector sets sounds erector. just dirty. Yeah, well, erector sets are like uh, like a sounds like something that somebody else somebody would use with Viagra or something like that. Well Erector sets. Like now a, with Viagra as well. Do you know what erector sets are? Um, no, but they're I basically like a, <laughs> basically they're kind of like a intro to like building. Like if like some little kid was gonna grow up to be an engineer, he might have had an erector set. Okay. Like okay, do you remember the Sandlot? Yeah. Remember at the end when they were <coughs> or like one of the one of the attempts to get back to Babe Ruth baseball. Okay. Uh, remember like that big metal thing they had with like a little thing to get the ball. Uh huh. That was made out of a rector set. He's like, oh. I scraped, like the narrator's like, I scraped together every last piece of a rector set I could find. And then like, it's just this huge little thing they put over the fence to go get the ball from the beast. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, like, uh, yeah, a rector set, you can, so I don't know if you can make an erector set movie. There's connects, there's Lincoln Logs. Oh God, if there's a Lincoln Logs movie. That'd be funny. <laughs> Dude, That's, you know what would be funny if they were like, Jenga, the movie. <laughs> what? I don't. Like, can you imagine? Could you imagine them doing? They're like, it would be the one log pull of '97 that changed it all. The building went tumbling down. Jenga could, uh, Jenga could be the prequel to. Oh god, what's the Spielberg movie that came? Extremely, out last year? um, or not? Which movie? The the one about the internet and going into the cloud and oh, already player one. Yeah, it could be the prequel of Ready Player One, where like all like all their junkyards are just stacked to the ceiling. <laughs> it's Jenga players who made the new world. That's funny. new world order Jenga. Oh my god! I was um gonna say that the Jenga movie could be um the prequel to that one nine eleven movie, the like extremely loud and incredibly close. That movie is depressing. Exactly. That's kind of, it's, it's kind of a bad joke, but you know, <laughs> cause you know, taste <laughs> towers falling. Jenga. Jenga. <laughs> Why am I awful? Anyways, <laughs> Bush launching a war. It's all there. People Bush did nine 11. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, you know, it's, it's it's just the way that it goes, guys. Oh my it's just god! Just like Bush did nine eleven, Dick Cheney got a ton of money from it. I'm all saying stuff that y'all know, folks. Oh my god! But 
So yeah, there's that. That's the Wonder Woman trailer. Do you, <laughs> you want to take a break or just yeah, move, we move can, on to the uh, Mandalorian? Uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Greetings there, box office bros. We're doing our thing, hanging out. Chicken wang. Be, doing our thing like a chicken wang. Having a great time. Loving my life. I'm going to have a great old time. Anyways, um, we're going to talk about The Mandalorian. <laughs> sure you don't want to drop your album first? Episode or, 5. Uh, nah, I think I'll be fine. Um, episode 5, Out of the Gate. Where does this one lie with your allegiance or no, not allegiance is probably that's best word. Rankings? But wait, wait, with ranking, what do you think? Oh, what, how would you rank the first five episodes? Just shoot that out there for me, so I can you know right, kind of gauge, so, and I'll do it for you as well. All right, I'll, I'll start. Episode three is number one. Noise. Episode two is two. Noise. Episode four is three. Yes. Episode five is four. Uh, yeah, episode five is four, and then I put episode one at the bottom. Okay. Cool beans. Cool, 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 All cool. good episodes of television, though. There hasn't been a bad episode <coughs> yet, in my opinion. No, for sure. I agree. Some might say this one was, but I don't. No, I uh, have similar rankings to yours. I have episode three as the best. I have episode two as second best. I have episode four and oh no no you know i have pretty much the same ranking <laughs> verbatim the same. yeah pretty much i would i could switch oh, around switch five one and five I, I could switch around. one and five pretty easily i'd say um, one and five are the weakest so far. yeah one and five definitely are the weaker episodes um there's some tonal things in this episode that i didn't love but i definitely was n- definitely did not bother me as much as some people did this episode could and, be subtitled fan service yeah it could be i but the thing is dude that beginning scene when they're uh when he they're like, like a little mini space battle he's space chased when he's chased getting chased by a bounty hunter and the bounty hunter in complete george lucas style gets blown up you see his face in the cockpit and he's like ah <laughs> guy looked like charlton heston dying in an old movie you know <laughs> like no dude that's literally what it looked like and so it was like super funny when he's like I'm dying. it's like damn them all damn them all to hell <laughs> You know, it was like it was that kind of melodrama and everything like that. Like, it was oh, it was fun. It was cheesy. It was like as all, old Inspector Gadget. It was great. Was like, I'll get you next time, Gadget. Nah, <laughs> for sure. And you know, I don't really want to necessarily bog down and explain every single aspect. Every um, single minute uh, narrative. detail. Every single minute detail of the Empire. <laughs> oh yeah, where's the baby Yoda? I no, where's the baby Yoda? Ah. I'm going to put him in a sleeve so he can vomit me when I sleep at night. <laughs> okay, Werner. <laughs> <laughs> but That's anyways, exactly what he wanted him for. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I don't want to bog down by talking about every point of the Mandalorian this week. But I thought some really interesting things happened in this episode. A lot of people, or some people, would think that this episode wasn't too sequential to or substantial for the further narrative but i would argue that because you know this episode spoiler alert is um uh set in tatooine and you get to see what tatooine is like post empire basically if you took the weird owl lyric from uh the uh, don mclean uh, parody we all wound up on tatooine <laughs> again <laughs> yes but no, it's like one of those deals where it just I just thought that it was really interesting 
the way that everything was implemented. I thought that it was like, because you saw a little different, like you saw that same cantina Several perfectly, months. perfectly done. And you see that, you know, a robot isn't just getting served there, that okay. a robot is actually we don't a bartender. Have droids here. No, yeah, like the, yeah, the droids are run the place. Yeah, the droids running the bar and everything like that now. So, you know, there's been a progression in droid rights, I guess. Um, or businesses just hit, hit hard. But from that first scene, I do have to say some stuff to set up why the episode goes the way that it goes is he needs to repair his ship again the mandalorian does that's my because line. um <laughs> yes because the bounty hunter damaged it so he's on tatooine and some um some ship maker lady ship fixer upper lady is trying to amy sedaris mm -hmm. is um fixing up her ship uh, sh the ship and she's like the one thing in the episode that i didn't love I thought, honest, she was okay. I thought she was funny, but I thought that she was speaking basic and she was speaking basic a little bit too basic, in my opinion. Too basic. You know, basic. like it's one of those deals where it's like Star Wars, like I don't want I don't want to be that kind that Star Wars fan that's like the inflection of a person's voice ruined the entire episode for me. Oh. Yeah, like, I, I hate that stuff. But it's one of those things she where she talks like Watto. Like, well, no, but here's the deal: like, she was talking like she was doing an SNL skit, right. and that's the reason. That's what kind of like just bothered me. You know what I mean? I so know. it's like one of those deals where, like, it almost looked like Amy Sedaris was doing a Star Wars skit the entire time, opposed right. to her being in a Star Wars property. So that's the way that it played out for me. So I didn't love her character, but I liked, you. yeah, but I liked how it. I liked her purpose you know like i thought she was endearing and if she right. had a huge like had a huge gun. if she had like a <laughs> if she had like a she had a she had like a good presence in the episode still but you know it's like, she had those dumb droids is that what they're called dumb yeah. like dumb droids those little ones i love that tap in the nose. i love those those, those are, are actually fun. i actually used to have like those action figures when i was a kid like, those were weirdly my favorite ones. Like, they folded up and everything? Yeah, they did. Oh, that's awesome. They were a ton of fun. I remember, shout out to my mom for getting those for me when I was a little. And, like, I think my love for Star Wars actually started when my mom bought me toys like that, when my mom and dad bought me toys like that. Because um, I would buy, they'd buy me these toys and different things like that. And I'd be like, well, what movie is this from? And my dad would show me Star Wars. But he didn't show me the prequels first. He showed me the original trilogy first because my dad's a good guy. <laughs> so what you're saying is Karen would buy you the Star Wars toy you wanted, mm -hmm. but not the Legos toy you wanted. Pretty much, honestly. She'd buy me Rescue it's Heroes. It's give and take with Karen. She, yeah. I remember Rescue Heroes. Yeah, she'd buy me Rescue Heroes. There is this, um, gosh, if anybody in my family, I know Danielle's my sister, my old sister Danielle is listening. And she'll get a kick out of this. But um, <laughs> there is this tower and it was the Rescue, Rescue Heroes Tower. Sorry, we'll get back to the Mandalorian, but this is funny. Um, there is this kid in the commercial who had this tower. It would record your voice and do an alert on it. And oh, they go, it, no. it would say, danger, the bridge is falling. That's what the kid would say in the commercial. And yeah. I really wanted that tower. And I got that tower that Christmas. And I would always go like, danger, the bridge is falling. And I would say that into the thing. And it would always play it. And magically, the voice box stopped working randomly Aww. one day. So I'm pretty sure one of my family members, I'm pretty sure, I'm just going to go ahead and blame my oldest brother, Steve, on it. Steven probably tore out that, that voice box thing for it you and know, everything like that. So If Steve gosh. was clever like me, he would have re-recorded something horrendous. 
<laughs> so that the next time it would have been wouldn't have been danger. <coughs> the bridge is falling. It would have been something that would have probably gotten you in trouble. That would have been funny. That would have also been funny. But there's also I remember Rescue Heroes cartoon by the way. No, no, I remember that as well. I remember getting those cassettes. Oh yeah, the cassettes. You, you get the cassettes with some of the toys. Um, and then I remember playing those and really, really enjoying those. There's like a, there's so a no, runaway you know, that train episode uh-huh. and like a water episode. and a, That's not important. We're talking about the Mandalorian. No, but for sure. But it's one of the things where Mando's getting repairs. So he's kind of looking for some work. And as he's in Moss Lisley's cantina, um, this gentleman who is there doing the Han Solo pose and Han Solo seat and everything. Not so fast. Trying to, trying to look like, trying to look like, um, like Han Solo. Trying to look cool. You're trying to look cool, but you in turn find out that he is nothing of the sorts. He is big lame. Yeah. He's a new up and coming, um, bounty hunter who needs help with a job and he needs help, um, hunting down Mulan. (laughs) Ah, Mulan. No, like, uh, Ming-Na Wen, the lady who plays Mulan in the animated show. Um, and is that how you pronounce her name? I think so. Okay, but, but when will her reflection show <laughs> what she's inside? Oh gosh! But no, she um is she's playing this assassin, um mercenary, and they need to hunt her down for the guild. And so he was like, "Are you guild?" And obviously, he doesn't want to work with the guild. But this kid's new, so he he knows nothing about the Mandalorian. He don't know nothing, and he doesn't know anything about Baby Yoda or how they need to and how like the Mandalorian's worth a lot right now. And so he is very like he's very lame to that. And I just wanted to ask Gosh. you, what do you think about this character? He's okay. Like he's. He definitely becomes more interesting later. Yeah, he got, opposed he's, to the beginning, like because he seems just earnest and dumb. He at the seems beginning. earnest and dumb. Like he seems like a freshman who thinks the upperclassmen are being nice to him. Nah, like, for sure, uh, for sure. He, like, I guess I'll mention this later, but like the way he acts in the beginning episode definitely affects how I think of him in the latter half of the episode. Just because, like, how have you not been picked off yet? No, for sure. Because it's like someone mean. Like I feel like this kid had trust fun, is a trust fund baby of the yeah. empire, and now that the empire has fallen, he probably has to you know bounty hunt and do different things to you know get some cash and all that stuff. That's the way that I kind of see it, at least you know, because it's like one of the things where he seems a little entitled. He kind of seems like a brat. He seems like a very typical Felony annoying character you know how feloni will sometimes put characters yeah. that are supposed to be annoying in there right. and like he seems like a typical feloni character like, in that kind of regard it's like one of the remnants like one of the like remaining admirals is his dad and he's just like my dad cut me off <laughs> that's like a bounty hunting he's like yeah ain't getting no credits no more from my pops soups lames my dude no, gosh yeah my apartment in coruscant this is lame. Yeah, man. You know, I was in the middle of the I was in the middle of uh, gambling and Canto Bite, and then they went ahead and cut me off in the middle of it in a high stakes game, and now I have to work off my bount work off my bounty, man, <laughs> by being a bounty hunter. Like, shoot, bruh. This guy has to go buy the garb. That was pretty tight. Nah, man, dude. And the huts ain't around, so I ain't getting no work because I used to get I, I like the hut. The huts used to get. Used to, used to be practically a part. Yeah, the, the Huts practically ran the Empire here. Like, shoot. Oh, my God. So, 
They go on a little unexpected journey. They get some like Karelian speeder bikes, and I thought it was such a cool sequence. That by was the way. nice, like, it was a really cool sequence. And then the sand, the sand people you get part, the sand people. And the like, thing is, is like we get some woke Mandalorian scenes where basically he calls out Tatooine for kind of invading the sand people's he's world. Like to them, we're the outsiders; they're the locals. <laughs> yeah. And then he starts doing the like canonically has have they done like. Like, I know I'm kind of the canon, you know, I'm like a pretty big Star Wars canon junkie, but I don't remember them ever doing anything with their um, sign language for the Sand People Well, you never hear them talking. Yeah, they're always going like... Maybe in that scene in Attack of the Clones they were doing it. I don't remember. Possibly. No, but like, well, the funny thing about it was, it's like, huh, wonder where they are. And then the Mandalorian's like, why don't you ask them yourself? And then they're just right next to him. That was so funny. How how that shot was edited was just great. That was great. Oh, it's just like the desert looks beautiful. Oh no, for sure. Like it looked awesome and everything. Like so that. then, like the so Amanda like breaks out as a so I guess it's not American sign language. We'll go with basic sign language. Yes, basic. BSL. Um, <coughs> so they let him pass, but it's like it was Brock binoculars. Like, hey, you see those? And like, those were brand new. Like the same people take his binoculars for passage, and they're just like, mm-hmm. yeah, they were brand new. And then they so they go, they find a. Uh, what is that called? Like, what were the story of like the animal that was dragging the bounty hunter? Uh, was it a bantha? No, bantha. Was it a bantha that he was riding? Yeah. No, it was the same as the thing that he was riding in the first episode. No, it wasn't like that. Oh no, no, like oh. the, the one the story. Like, remember in the oh, no, special yeah. editions, the thing the stormtroopers were riding? Oh no, I don't. I, I'm trying to think about what they're yeah, called. I'll Google it. You stall for time. No, yeah. So it's like one of the things where they um, notice a bounty hunter is connected to this creature, and it's um, and you're like, oh, this bounty hunter's out here, and then you notice that he has a fob. The bounty hunter has a fob, dewback, which is something. Yes, a dewback. You're right, but it's one of those deals where the bounty hunter has a fob and is beeping, and you need to keep note that annoying bounty hunter boy destroyed the fob from before, mm-hmm. so they would have known this. Right. If he did not destroy the fob. It right. Would the, but their fob was beeping the fob that this bounty hunter had. So they're like, oh, no, the Uh-oh. target is there. And so the target st- starts sniping. Sniper, get down. And then you get to see how um, durable that Beskar is because yeah. she clocks. Dude, she she clocks the Mando and everything like that. And I have, right a, and I, and I have a question. Is like I was watching some shows, and you might know what shows. I'm, I don't want to reference the show again to be honest because i feel like annoying referencing stuff that i watch all the time okay but it's one of the deals where somebody was talking about how they think mandalorian needs to be more ba and then mandalorian needs to have less problems getting beaten up or less problems or anything like that why and i'm like okay here's the deal they like got mad that the mandalorian got um was like kind of equal footing with gina carano he felt like the mandalorian should have beat her up easily he thought wow that i know i'm like yeah right and he also thought that it was annoying that the mando was getting shot at unexpectedly by the sniper and he's oh, like the mando got his butt kicked and he's not supposed to be like that I'm so like, what i'm like dude you have to understand the mandalorian is less of what you think because people thought he was a uh, you know big john wayne kind of bad right. like like you know bad kind of guy really like cool and suave and it's become very clear to me that he is that but he's that mixed a little bit with indiana from indiana jones yeah where he's not the toughest but he is sure as hell the scrappiest 
and, yeah. he will, and he will get himself out of an opportunity, not with his strength, but with his wits. Right. And that is consistently what we've seen with him. His mind is the best thing about him, not his brawn. Yeah, he's sharp. Like So it's one of the things where I think that's the thing with the Mandalorian. I think people are misinterpreting that. He's not – and I don't – I don't know. I think when heroes are too strong like that, it doesn't make – the like he could pick up dumb cucks all day if he wanted yeah, to. Exactly. Dumb Just dumb what? Cucks. <laughs> yeah, I know you thought I said. Yeah. <laughs> Cuck holds. How's that? Oh okay. like, uh, yeah. chumps. Like chumps, yeah. like he could pick off any Joe Schmo that he wants, but like he's in he's at the big table. Like no, other people sure. at the big table won't go down easy. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, one of those deals where it's just, like, important to, like, not, like... Uh, quit complaining. Not for sure. They definitely need to quit complaining, but... So, he's yeah. getting shot at, and they hide behind a sand dune. Mm-hmm. And then, eventually... Night falls. They, yeah, eventually, they wait for nighttime, and then they have a speed... A really cool speeder sequence where they're getting shot at, different things like that. And then, eventually, the Mandos... Um, they use flares. Yeah, so they use flares to distract um, the mercenary char- character Mercenati. as she's shooting. And then she eventually shoots the Mandalorian's um, speeder bike. And then they reach her and, you know, fight a little bit, this, this, and that. And they eventually capture her. Well, Bounty Hunter Jr., mm-hmm. like, like, uh, I guess you know, Nick Jr. Bounty Hunter mm-hmm. uh, fights him, and then he's getting his butt kicked, and then Mando comes back because he had to scooch on up because of his speeder bike going down. He's like, nice distraction. Not for sure. Like it's so yeah, it was a great great thing. And then eventually he has to go back for the do back, which is why we mentioned it in the first place. But like he has to go back for the do back because obviously his um, speeder gone. Speeder's gone, so they have to all go back. And then the mercenary is filling the brain as she's captured. She's filling the brain. Naughty of, thoughts. Um, to you know the little Nick Junior bounty hunter. <laughs> can call him that now. But yeah, the Nick Junior bounty hunter boy, and saying you know you know you don't know who that is. That's the Mandalorian. He stole an asset, and he's worth so much to the guild. And she's saying all those things, and she's like, if you let me free, we can like get it together, and mm-hmm. you know you can get all the money Join and all me. that stuff. And here is when Nick Jr. Bounty Hunter became interesting to me. Yeah. He goes ahead and he's like, oh, yeah, really? Thank you for telling me all of that. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, okay, uncuff me. And then he shoots her instead. Yep. And the thing is, it's a bummer. And it's a bummer because I thought she was a really cool looking character. Um, I thought she could have been kind of cool in the the future. But she she could not be dead. Like there's possibility with with stuff that happens at the end of the episode. But. Um, with that being said, he shoots her, and um, then she, and then he leaves, and then the Mando comes back and sees her, you know, body, and then he's Feast like, on the ground. He's like, "Oh crap! <laughs> oh bother!" And so he goes back, and then oh, because meanwhile, okay, so we should also cut this in with a meanwhile. Yeah, Baby Yoda has been interacting with, with Amy Sedaris the entire yeah, time. Yeah, like it's like. You can't just leave a baby all alone on a ship. Which is definitely um, directly talking to some of the people who might be complaining about how the Mandalorian kind of just leaves Baby Yoda around. Yeah. So anyway, <coughs> back to back to where we were. But yeah, meanwhile, but he heads back and basically Nick Jr. Bounty Hunter is holding everybody captive over there with mm-hmm. his ship, holding the Baby Yoda 
being like, hey, I'm going to shoot the... He's like, I'm going to kill every, all you fools. Right. Unless you, you know... Well, give me what I want. Yeah, like, give me what you want. What you really, what I really, really want. Yeah, give me what, what, what I really, really want. I want the reward from you, and I also want Baby Yoda. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, but uh, yeah, he's he's new Spice Girl. Um, her new uh, uh, yeah. But anyways. Keep going. Yeah, I know, but continue. <laughs> Just imagine Nick Jr. kid, Bounty Hunter, dancing with them and singing that song. I want that. I want that. Oh, my God. He's like, I really, really want your bounty. Uh. But uh, <laughs> basically, um, he uh, Amy Sedaris walks over. Because he wants uh, he, her to cuff him. Yeah, he wants her to cuff him, uh, cuff him and everything like that, cuff the Mandalorian. And then he has a flare behind it him. Is. And then it's cool. I like that moment when Amy Sedaris goes, "You're smarter than you look." I thought it was like, "You're not as dumb as you." Yeah, look. you're not. Yeah, I, I like that moment. And then he sets the flare, and then he shoots Nick Jr. Yeah, like he just like, "Where'd he go?" And then boom. Yep. And so all that kind of stuff happens. He gets the credits to completely fix his ship, mm-hmm. and then he heads on out. And here's my thing about people who think that he didn't get any good character development in this episode. Right. I think that the character development isn't definitely is definitely not as heavy as last episodes. It's very patient. But it's definitely character development for the Mandalorian as far as being like, okay, this whole situation happened. Like I tried to help this person even and it didn't work out for me. And I thought that that was kind of like a cool Yeah. I thought that was a cool lesson. And I also thought it was a cool thing because something that happened at the very end of this episode happened. Mm-hmm. And there's somebody walking towards Ming Na's body, mysteriously walking. And then there are certain sounds going shing, shing, mm-hmm. shing, shing, and then it cut to black. Yeah, it kneels down and cuts to black. It kneels down, it cuts so, to black, so you don't see the face. Yeah. So are, who uh, do you think this is? Is Filoni doing another thing where he resurrects a fan favorite character again? Is it somebody who we do not know? Is it somebody who we know? Because it has to be somebody we know if it's that important. I don't think, and, and I don't yeah. even think it's somebody, and I don't even think it's like uh, Carl Weathers' character. I don't even think it's something no, as I simple know as. For sure, it's not Carl. I don't Weathers. think it's. I don't think it's one of those like things where it'd be like. Because the thing is, I feel like they would show Carl Weathers anyways. Carl Weathers isn't like iconic enough. Well, yeah. Also, not like to me doesn't come off as a huge threat. No, for sure, and. Go out. Um, who who are people and who are people saying that this might be Boba Fett? They think it's Boba Fett. They think it's Boba Fett. Do you think it's Boba Fett? I can see why. I can see why too. Especially the of sound the, of engineering that yeah, they're picking. Oh well, yeah, because very like, specific sound. Jingle jangle of spurs is the same jingle jangle of spurs that Boba Fett has in uh, the Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. He walks up behind Vader in that dinner scene, and also Tatooine is the planet that he died on. So it's a definite possibility. Like if I had to put money on it, I'd probably do him. Yeah. Because who else would it be that they, like, I guess they could have done an Inquisitor, but that's about it. That'd be interesting like if he faced an, off against an Inquisitor. An Inquisitor is after Baby Yoda. Maybe that, but that's it. That would be super interesting. Because like that's, <coughs> that's kind of, well, no, I guess, would there even be an Inquisitor around anymore? Well, the thing is, the Inquisitor could be a mercenary now. That's true. Could be it could be a force sensitive where he's 
facing off of a force sensitive. Some massage like adventurous a type of person. That would be dope. Which, by the way, I've been watching the Clone Wars. Um, st- um, Sir Scott, or what's the name? What's um, the guy who made? Um, you always go on about him for good reason. The guy who made um, Samurai Jack and all that stuff. Oh, Phil Lamar. Oh no, uh, Gendy Tartakovsky. Yeah, I was been watching his Clone Wars oh, series. That Clone Wars. Oh, it's so good. It's great. Like it is special. Yeah, like it's a. Uh... It's a neat little thing that they kind of did just to like tie people over between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And so, like, also, it's, Grievous is way cooler than that. No, Grievous is way cooler than that. And like, it's one of those things where, and I actually have been watching other Clone Wars too. Like, I watched the whole Night Sisters arc, mm-hmm. and I also watched the whole stuff with um, the father and the son, oh, the daughter, uh, the and Mortis all that. Yeah, the more I, I watched the, the Mortis so trippy. stuff. The Mortis thing is very trippy. And I was like, how does this work in canon? But then I realized, I found out how everything worked because Anakin forgot everything, basically. Yeah, like he forgot. Mm. Yeah, like he got everything. What you have learned must be forgotten. Yeah, so it was like one of those deals where I thought that was pretty stoked. I was pretty stoked for that. But yeah, so it's like one of those deals where, yeah, you know, Boba 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 Fett might be coming back. I mean, maybe you know, all the episodes can't be baller. This was okay. Yeah, it was definitely an okay episode. It was towards the bottom of the heap for me. It was definitely a better directorial effort on David Filoni's part, and I am glad about that. Because um, the thing is, I think with his kind of sensibilities, he wouldn't um, have been able to have the like. It's definitely wit- better paced than the first episode. Yeah. The pacing and editing was the worst part of the first episode. He definitely got a better, uh, a better thing like that, and there's or a better hold on that. And here's like a, something that I want to say about Dave Filoni directing these episodes and people writing him off as the animation dude. And here's like my thing: mm-hmm. I don't care if you're animation or if you do this or if you do that. I hold true to what Kevin Feige said when people asked him, why are you having these people who do these small indie films or smaller films like James Gunn and different things like that? Like, why do you let these people do these films or let these do these big Mm pool projects? And he said they made good stories before. And if a person can tell a good story, then I'll like it. I don't care if they've done animation or anything like that. I believe in Dave Filoni, and I think Dave Filoni did a great job. In my opinion. So, yeah. I believe in you! Like, sure, his episodes haven't been the best of the series, but I think he can only get better. And yeah. he is getting better. Day by day. Better and better, because he can't be beat. <laughs> um, no, I guess... can't. Well, I guess this is a testament to Disney's one-week strategy, because here we are almost a month short to the day of when the first episode came out. And we're still talking about The Mandalorian. No, for sure. Every week, even though we're really needing to get our stuff together, our stuff and, you know. Yeah, but we're, we'll be doing some housekeeping and... Uh, we'll Who's be doing some. We'll be doing some housekeeping next episode, or Christmas episode, actually. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be we'll be we'll be talking about Christmas movies and different things like that. It's gonna be a good time. Oh, like, yeah, I'm gonna have some piping. No, no it's gonna Christmas be a good time. Um, I'm gonna make a lot. Of we should like hate watch the Noel together. Oh god. I heard it's really bad, and I'm kind of excited. <laughs> but yeah. um, Netflix has secretly become Hallmark with movies no one watches. No, nah, for sure. But um, 
But yeah, we can. But but that with that being aside, I'm super excited for the next episode of Mandalorian. Rumble we're definitely gonna try. Yeah, we're definitely gonna try to you know get some new things and new uh, stuff to talk about. Well, after this episode, the next that. one comes out on Wednesday because of Star Wars coming out. No, for sure. I guess we should probably talk about Star Wars a little on that no, one. No, yeah, well, we haven't. We wouldn't have seen it yet. Yeah, like well, yeah, because we're, we're we're obviously gonna have a. We're going to have a Star Wars review. We're going to have different stuff like that. But it's just going to be... It's just with uh, practicality and the holidays and everything going on. Stuff's going to be busy, but we're going to still try to get a good amount of content to y'all. In the meantime, we're going to try and pre... Or like, I'm going to at least try to pre-record some things so yeah. that we can release stuff over the break and still, you know, not have to meet all the time because you know chance and i are busy people we got also families. it's kind of getting where it's gonna start snowing more and mm -hmm. uh, chance and i don't live terribly close to well, each no, other too. at least half hour apart yeah so it's one of those things so it's like yeah yeah and we have a guest in the his house today we okay. have the man the myth the legend the music director yeah. of mav radio um aaron, um aaron yeah no, i am Dende, Dende the man and he's here to talk about a big Golden Globe snub oh, yeah. that he was talking about because the Golden Globes just released its nominations. Are we'll there talk like several. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about some Golden Globe stuff uh, in general. Like I'll list off some of the nominees and some of the different things like that and all that kind of jazz. Like I'm gonna like I'll definitely uh, like don't worry, baby birds. We, we we'll feed you. We'll feed you. But. Uh, Dende has some stuff to say about um, a certain snub in particular. Yeah, uh, I, uh, it's called When They See Us. I think it's yeah, it's the Ava DuVernay Netflix limited series. Oh man, I about think... the about um, the like what about the where was the gentleman? What were they called in New York back in the eighties? I don't even know. But, um, they... but like, is the Central Park Central Park yeah. like nine or Central Park five? Central five. Park five. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Man. Who Trump hates, by the way. Yeah. Oh my. It, this just in. Our president sucks. Anyways, <laughs> free speech. It <laughs> is a soul wrenching thing. If you haven't seen it, it's like when I first saw it, I was like, oh my, this is like gonna be like the greatest thing like since I don't know what other movie to compare it to. Uh huh. But it it felt like I needed to see every the next episode every single time. Okay. I, it ruined my the rest of my day. All the all the plans for the rest of my day. It was uh. So these kids, they were charged with the murder of, uh, I don't remember her name. I think she was somewhat lady and she got assaulted and raped in Central Le Park, yeah. left in Central Park. And so these kids, they were fighting or something in that park at some time or for whatever reason. And then they got pulled in for questioning and nothing added up. But should I be like spoiling anything right like, now? Like honestly, it's a historical event, so you saying, can go ahead. Okay, and just, you can probably <laughs> you can probably spoil it if it's okay. a historical event. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm not gonna spoil anything that that just uh, distorts from the actual fact facts, the history historical facts. But um, it was heart wrenching the entire story, and then you there was an episode, there was a full on episode that was like an hour long, and uh, the guy was in jail for the entire episode and I kept watching. That's how you know the show was good. Um, I don't know. And then I, apparently the Golden Globes don't want to nominate something that great and amazing. And I didn't hear anything negative about it. That's the problem. That's crazy. No, like, so like, no, so no negative press, no, 
no um, people saying that it's anything's bad or anything like that with it, and it's not there. And like so, like uh, it would be up for um, best limited series. That's prob that's most likely what it would be out because it's nothing that you know there would be a ton of different seasons coming out for it. And I'm just gonna gonna go ahead and look up what got nominated. I think it was, it's Catch Twenty Two. Um, yeah, uh, Catch-22, Chernobyl, Fosse versus Verdon, The Loudest Voice, and Unbelievable got um, Best Television Limited Series or, mo- or Motion Picture Made for Television. First of all, one big issue here is uh, here's the deal. Um, I think that the Hollywood Foreign Press is somewhat to blame because they have weird categories. Mm. Um, it's one of those things where they have best television limited series or motion picture made for television. Lumping both of those into one thing is the big disservice here. Yeah. It's one of the things where they need to have a best movie for television and a best limited series because then maybe um, this would have fit in there and because they're two totally different things. And like, for instance, they have another weird category, which is best comedy or musical as a movie yeah. but they're two very different things yeah. so it's one of those things where one issue is the Hollywood foreign press and so I want to give too much credence to it because the Golden Globes is garbage <laughs> like I mean, I, hot take it is not they're not a great award show the categories are out of whack I don't put a ton of credence into it because you consistently see people who win these weird categories never get compared to or, aren't as compared to the Oscars or the Grammys. Um, sometimes it'll get there, there'll be some crossover where the films are good, but it's like one of those things where I would pay more attention to the Emmys in this regard, and if the Emmys yeah. snub when they see us, or if the Emmys were to do that, that's something where you could be like, okay, well, this is happening. That's kind of frustrating. The thing is, but, yeah. like they've been doing this for over 50 years now. Mm-hmm. I think back in 1950, uh, there was a movie called Rashomon. Uh-huh. And they didn't even have the uh, the best foreign film at that time. So they had to make it the year after that movie came out. And everyone wanted that to win the, that award. Okay. Or an award like that. Now, like, so it's like one of those things where like, you know, I'm very much under the opinion usually like, you know, you know, an award snub is an award stub and it happens. And, you know, as long as something has its cultural impact, it'll have its cultural impact, you know, and that's what matters. And sometimes you got to look at it that way. But, you know, awards can be important. Chance, what what do you think about all this as the white guy in the room? As the white boy. <laughs> as the Caucasian persuasion. Oh, is that what ladies call you? Yeah, that's what they say. It's like, oh, look, here he comes. Um, <laughs> I swear, if like if we took calls on this on this uh this uh, this station, the phone will be ringing off the hook right now. Uh, no, for sure. Can we talk to Chance, please? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I heard uh, he's the Caucasian persuasion. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Just pop my collar and answer. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, hello there, Missy. Well, listen here, you broad. (laughs) Listen, Tuts, listen. (laughs) Oh, where did my train? There it is. Um, I think that we are we even surprised they snub people anymore? Like, didn't so they snubbed this show? They snubbed uh, the lady who directed A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, also. 
Hmm. And yeah. the one who played, and the I'm pretty sure they also snubbed. Uh, oh no, no women directors got nominated. Pretty much, I'm pretty sure. Right. Because the lady who directed Honey Boy, the um, Shia LaBeouf movie that he wrote about his life and everything like oh. that, Alma Fertel or Pharrell, I think it was was her name. Yeah. I'm sorry if I'm butchering it. But I've heard a lot of good buzz about that movie, and people are thinking that she deserves some awards, and she's snubbed as well. So it's like women and women as of color as a whole have been snubbed from the foreign Hollywood press, which is just, you know, right. like, yeah, continue. I think, I guess it's like as far as industry accolades go in the film and TV world that the Golden Globes aren't the the biggest thing. But on the other hand, you still see well you see the exact same things from the academy awards like if mm -hmm. like the academy does this frequently they make everyone mad frequently and i'm surprised it hasn't happened to the golden globes yet until now because usually the golden globes have always been like a, a production on live tv as far instead of a you know like something that people put on their mantle but i think it's just if they're not gonna do it with the Golden Globes, what are they not gonna? What else are they not? They're gonna do it for uh, the Emmys next year. Are they gonna do it for the Academy Awards? Like, come on, people! Like, I get it. like a lot of stuff is made. A lot of great stuff is lied by a lot of great people, but at the same time, monochromatic gets a little boring. Like, you if you're trying to like shade this like elitist veil that like a lot of your industry has gotten this is not the way to do it but like here's the deal as well like i'm just saying that like i know i understand that i said the cultural relevance is what's the most important and how the people receive it but this is just ridiculous how many people did you hear talking about catch 22 as a limited series i basically heard catch 22 that was it i heard catch 22 in an ad during hulu yeah. The That's only the only thing? time that I ever heard about it. I was people were going up on my case about the fact that I haven't seen this when they see a series, and a part of it was because you know sometimes I was talking to Chance about this. I was like, sometimes I don't want to watch stuff like that. I shouldn't. Like I definitely should. I know it's important, but sometimes I get a little bit like, uh, like I know this happened and it's depressing, and sometimes I just don't want to feel depressed when I'm watching something. Mm -hmm. But I do need to check it out because it's Ava DuVernay and it's that as well. But it's like with that being said, like people my my timeline was blowing up with people talking mm. about this series and it comes in the question it's like who the hell is the hollywood porn press to even give it an award anyways like i say like i don't like this it transcends it anyways it's already mm. gotten the awards of telling the story and the injustice that has ha that happened to these men mm. and how we needed to give a damn and we need to start doing stuff for it to actually stop stuff like this from happening now, you know, because we live in a country where George Zimmerman is trying to sue Trayvon Martin's family for all this yeah. big sum of money Are and different things like that. Yeah. yeah. For oh defamation God. and all that crap wow. and all that stuff. Well, George Zimmerman literally, um, literally, uh, like goes ahead and, uh, well, we know what says, like, it yeah, goes ahead and, brags about literally murdering a child mm -hmm. black child and it's like one of those things where it's one of those deals where that stuff is happening and something that was really interesting about lena waith was talking about this and i mentioned this on the podcast a little bit when chance um had to dip out last week for a little bit i was talking about um i actually didn't end up getting to see queen and slim 
we got really busy on Sunday and we didn't get and we didn't get a chance to get go to the movie theater because we usually try but um we were gonna watch Queen and Slim and she was saying she's talking with Trevor Noah during the Daily Show about it Lena Waithe was because she wrote that movie and she's saying that she wanted to humanize black folks because it was like open season on you know black bodies that's the way that she worded it and she said that it was one of those deals where um they notice that when black people and when people of color in general get into the situation they have to say stuff like oh my kids oh my wife oh this oh that oh this so that we humanize and she created a film to humanize this mm -hmm. so through art we are expressing ourselves. And I think when people receive this art and people take note of this art, I think that it's a word in itself. So I don't think all hope is lost because the Hollywood foreign press is garbage and decides not to do this and not to recognize it. I think the people are recognizing it in their souls and everything like that. But it still is a huge disservice, you know? You know what I think? I th like, not to simplify it or anything, but I think... If it's not just based on the story, because based on the story, they should have won this easily. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe Chernobyl might have been. Chernobyl's like, fantastic. That's yeah, I think like, that might have been. It, the it's only really, it's really, other, really good. But I get what you. But for not them not to be nominated, if it's just based on uh, their acting, I thought the acting was way better. In uh, mm -hmm. what is it? A uh, we, uh, we are. Uh, what's when, when they see us. When they see us. Yeah. yeah, I thought the acting was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio or uh, the, I don't know, anyone could really do it any better than, than uh, these actors have done this and made me feel like when you see uh, movies, you're supposed to feel something and feel empathetic towards the, the uh, characters. The characters. And yeah. yeah, I don't know. No, yeah, I get, I, I get what you mean, Dunde. It's like one of those deals where it's tough and it's like rough when um, these snubs happen and it's a huge bummer. But I think that it's really important to get it. Oh no, not my phone! But it's like one of the party foul. <laughs> but it's like one of those deals where you gotta just take advantage of how everything's going and you know take things for how they are and. You know, realize that wards aren't for everything, but it's still a bummer, you know? Yeah. But yeah. What's up, Chance? Are you thinking about something? Uh, I was just kind of looking up. Uh, Ken Burns also made a documentary on the Central Park Five in 2012. Oh, nice. If you're looking for uh, hmm. more insight to the story. No, for sure. Ken Burns is amazing. Ken amazing. Burns is... Ken Burns literally has an effect on iMovie. It's really funny. It's called the Ken Burns effect. Oh, yeah. And it does... And it, like, it literally, like, does the, like, pan... <laughs> the picture and everything like nice. <laughs> it's like Ken Burns the actual Ken Burns <laughs> like I think you it's know? hysterical like he's trapped in uh, an iOS version and please let me out please I've been here for years I've just been editing everybody's videos <laughs> I edited together Vietnam from someone's footage that they stole from the internet <laughs> no <laughs> Ken Burns is the Matrix no for sure but then do you have anything else to talk about these uh, um, snubs or anything like that or anything because you know, I know you're you seem to be very passionate about it so I just wanted to get somebody yeah. to talk about it who's passionate about it, so you know you know it's really interesting um I'm doing a I just got cast for this oh thing. yeah congratulations yeah dude. man at UNO and it kind of pertains to this it's, mm -hmm. it's got something to do with the um 
an, uh, another group of six black people mm-hmm. uh, that were in, uh, I think, Missouri or something like that. And mm-hmm. they were, fi- they got uh, caught fighting and fighting this one uh, white guy. And mm-hmm. so they they all went to jail and they were in jail for, I don't know how many years, maybe five to 10. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it it's going to be something. Yeah, no, for I, sure. What's the name of that play? It's uh, Blood at the Root. At uh, We're going to be at UNO and at um, downtown at the the Union for Contemporary Art. Okay, when's um, that When's that playing? February 5th, I believe. February 5th. Let's, um, you know, like, let's see if we can try to give that some play again a little bit closer to the date to remind mm-hmm. people about it so they like, go yeah, out man. and everything like that. Because I love for people to, you know, go get more involved with the arts and I'd love to check out the show because i wasn't able to check out your last show and everything yeah. like that i didn't get the chance to oh, come in so like it was one of, and i heard good things too so it was like yeah, one of those it's good, gonna be so i'm like I'm, I'm really excited about this one i'm definitely wanting to check that out so yep. yeah for sure we always love having we always love having you in the have, yeah. having you in here dende yeah like thank that. you man i feel like the third office bro the third? <laughs> Indeed. i'm like you the, can be an honorary guest i'm the stepbrother <laughs> the, step, the the box the box office stepbrother. Step brother. <laughs> well, I feel like since uh, you two are closer in tone, I'd be the stepbrother. <laughs> closer in oh, tone. Man. Get it? God, y- yes, yes, we do. All right, yes, guys. Yes, we do, yes, we do get it. On this episode, <laughs> it's like. Dende is now the new co-host. All right. Um, so I have replaced Chance. <laughs> <laughs> He's been assimilated into the wall. <laughs> you hear him sometimes. What have we done? <laughs> where are we? Where are we gone? No, for sure. But thank you for coming in, Aaron. Really appreciate those thoughts and everything like that. And you know, just tell pe- just tell us, tell the people where they can reach you on social media and different things like that, so we can give you a good plug before we go to break. Oh, uh, King underscore Dende underscore at uh, on Instagram, and I don't really do other forms of social media. Really. Okay, well, you know, hit him up, talk to him about movies, uh, talk to him about different stuff that he's doing, and you know, keep posted for different performances he have. We're super proud of you, and he has a bright future ahead of him. Well, thank so, you, man. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about. You want to talk about Ghostbusters first? Yes, we'll talk about Ghostbusters first. Uh, yeah, our boy Finn, our boy uh, Finn Wolfhard is in a new, and Paul Rudd is also daddy, 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 daddy. Yes, Chance's daddy, and uh, let's be real, America's America's daddy, um, like, Paul Paul Rudd. Like, if I could be a fictionally like, if I could be adopted, and I would have to have gay dad parents. <laughs> it's got to be Paul Rudd and David Harbour. Those are my dads. That's funny. They're you... taking me to school. <laughs> They'd be a pretty good looking couple, too. Not gonna lie, dude. I'd I'd have it if I was their kid. But no, <laughs> like, uh, there is Carrie Coon, McKenna Grace, um, Paul Rudd, and also Finn Wolfhard and Sigourney Weaver and so many other. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, wow. Sigourney Sigourney Weaver is gonna be in this movie. So she's Annie be Potts. Grandma? Yeah, she's gonna be um, Dana Barrett, and she's gonna be. So we're seeing characters. Right? Yeah, we're seeing characters and everything like that, and like, yeah, so many different things here. But anyways, um, this movie co- this movie's coming out, and it definitely has a different tone 
than um, the last Ghostbusters movie. Well, even the last, even all of them, really. Yeah. Well, it's, maybe the first one. It has like more of like kind of a Spielberg kind of. Like, it seems, it's almost like it's a little bit more of a Spielberg movie. Like it doesn't yeah. lean into the absurdity of it. No, for sure. It seems a little bit more like, like there is probably going to be stuff leaning into the absurdity of it yeah. eventually. Well, if this you, trailer didn't, I guess. But, like it's like one of the deals where um, it's, a really cool kind of discovery kind of trailer and everything like that. I'm trying to think it's kind of reminded me of the trailer for um, the first trailer for Captain Marvel, where it's like, Ooh, there's a mystery. What's going on. We must unravel it and all this stuff. And you see, um, I like that they're having that Finn Wolfhard has been, um, you know, typecasted into paranormal guy guy who's in a paranormal movie so it's just kind of funny because whether he's an it or whether he's in stranger things or this movie it's just kind of the same which kind of i just i just think that's funny it should be in there like a reboot of a, a <coughs> if they ever make a reboot of a, a series of unfortunate events oh yeah it should be even <laughs> yes indeed like and like every time he just quietly goes not again what are you talking about <laughs> nothing <laughs> he's like just gonna blame my agent but I just want to do a period piece about living in uh, <laughs> the old west, man. No ghosts in the old west. Nah, but yeah, this trailer was really interesting. It's actually kind of good. Like, it looks like a good movie. It looks like a good course correction. Because we were talking about the um, last Ghostbusters movie yesterday, weren't we? Yeah, we Yeah, were. it was yesterday. And we were chatting about... We were chatting. We were having a really good conversation that really would have been good on air. But um, uh, I think... It was one of the deals where I was saying that movie, part of the reason why it didn't work is because Paul Feig, as great of a director he is, he kind of relied too much on these stars and didn't write anything really of substance for them. It's like he classic kinda, Sony syndrome. No, exactly. Because what he did was he had them basically be like, okay, well, this is what's going to happen in the scene. Let's just get to that place. And y'all are funny. So improv to that point. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those deals where like improv, improvisation works when you have like minds like Leary David on there, different things like that, because I feel like he knows how to foster. Like if you've ever watched an episode mm -hmm. of Cur Curb Your Enthusiasm, the entire show is barely written. Yeah, it's scenarios and outlines. That's what Larry David yeah. has even, has even um, said about Curb Your Enthusiasm, and it shows. But it's one of the things where he writes his outlines with enough detail. To where it actually is very, it right. still makes sense. And that plot just didn't really work that way. And so I thought that was really um, a huge disservice. And I think uh, to the franchise, and I definitely think that it had, le like a lot of people were like, oh, well, that movie didn't do well because of the women who's a part of it. Yeah, okay, I don't think that's really the case. I just don't think, I just think it was a poorly executed movie. It's bad, but not for the reasons people say it's bad. Yeah, and so I'm like glad that I think that it's, I'm glad that they're seeming to, you know, correct the ship. And I see females at the front, at the forefront of this um trailer in this franchise still which is really good because mm -hmm. like finn wolfhard has a little sister who is seems to be the main character of it i don't it's really like know Muppet babies yeah like i don't babies. yeah like i don't really know entirely if she's um entirely like what her character is all about she just seems a little shy and you know finn seems like he's the kind of like comic relief and everything like that and they're kind of teaming up and i think that's cool okay so i just realized something uh sigourney weaver 
will not be the kid's grandma oh. because if I recall correctly, is this is a Egon's character's grandson, like a like Harold Ramis, yeah, like the guy who directed the first one. It's uh-huh. his character's grandkid, not Bill Murray's. Uh, is it Bill Murray the one who like gets with like Sigourney Weaver in the Ghostbusters franchise? I forgot to be completely honest. I'm, I'm pretty not... sure it's Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. It is Bill Murray. Uh, anywho, sorry for distracting you. Um, I'm worried that this move, like that the 2016 Ghostbusters and just like the hissy fit that the internet threw, is gonna <laughs> badly impact the box office. I hope I'm wrong. They're gonna have to do a killer job advertising this film. Nah, Paul Rudd's I, a good choice. I honestly think it'll be fine. Like Paul Rudd's the science teacher. Like Paul, yeah, Paul Rudd is is amazing. But I'm like really excited for this, and I think that because the thing is, is as somebody who's not the biggest fan of Ghostbusters, excuse my aunt, I thought that it would be, or like I think that it is set up in the perfect way where it's different and new enough, but still kind of holding true to it, and it's not one of the deals where they just made it a straight up. Like, oh, Bridesmaids, except with Ghostbusters. Wow. wow. Even though Bridesmaids is a so much better movie than the old Ghostbusters movie. but Or the <laughs> newest or the 2016 Ghostbusters movie. You know, but, yeah, with that being said, it's like one of those I like changing like, yeah. it to, like, the middle of nowhere. Oh, me too. ghost thing. Like, that's cool. No, like, I think that's cool, too. Like, it kind of seems like it's going to come off, like, as far as this trailer goes, like, a little more serious than maybe, maybe since, I like, I... Obviously, we weren't around for the advertising of the original Ghostbusters, but like, there's always a kookiness and zaniness to the original Ghostbusters. This one seems like a little more serious edge to it, like, nah, for sure. Like with like the earthquake shaking, and like, like when they were just like under their table, like, yep, we're dead. Mm-hmm. And um, also, like you know when they get the the Ghostbusters hearse out of the barn and stuff uh-huh. like that. Like when they're when they're driving around that field, I could not help but think of the opening scene from Interstellar. Oh yeah, no, that's corn. cool. Like I'm just like this Interstellar, but Ghostbusters. Dude, you remember how like the first trailer of Interstellar was literally like shots that made no sense, and one of them was um, uh, homeboy uh, Matthew McConaughey crying in his truck and yeah. driving. That's obviously a really uh like makes sense in context no yeah it does but uh, it's actually really funny because it is a really good it's like interstellar is a pretty good movie but it, What's i just wrong thought with it was it's love dude tars is such a cool Tars's like cool. that's such a cool and unique idea for a robot like i really like that movie definitely is not like it literally gets a bad rap for being the worst um christopher nolan movie but it's still better but it's still better than so many other movies it's one of the things where chris nolan's worst movie is a pretty good movie yeah so like like, i'm not sure if i can ever watch it again just like i don't want to dude you know my brother's a my brother's a huge fan and i think it's so funny because i'm like love is the fourth dimension (laughs) love is string theory boys (laughs) Oh, Watch no. me knock this bookshelf off and no, yeah. that happened 30 years ago. Yo, it's silly. No. It's silly, but it's fun. Anywho, so yeah, Ghostbusters is like I don't know. I I might go see this. Like Oh, I, I'll probably check it out. Also the title, Ghostbusters Afterlife, is a cool title. Oh, I th- definitely think it's a cool title. Like it fits, it's better than Ghostbusters 3. I wonder if they're because the way I understand it, the 2016 Ghostbusters is like an Elseworld story. Like it's like I guess it's so. an alternate universe Ghostbusters because mm-hmm. 
Like, I think Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd are in that movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe the guy... I, I feel so gar- sorry for the guy who plays Winston because no one can remember his name. I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Winston. But, uh, like, where, like, they were in it, but they weren't their characters. So I'm, uh-huh. So this is, like, in continuity with the first two, mm-hmm. which is cool. How do people not remember... Like, this is a problem with Ghostbusters 2 was... How do they not remember Ghost attacking the biggest city in the world? I guess not. Like in thirty years, I guess are we probably, not going to remember nine eleven? Is I that guess, the thing? Yeah, like I guess they figure. I guess they figure it out. Like what? Like what is happening? Like it's funny too because like in the second Ghostbusters movie, it was probably like a handful of years, like like maybe five, no more than ten years mm-hmm. after the original. And like they're doing like kids' birthday parties. Like a lot of people don't like the second Ghostbusters, by the way. Uh, like they're just like, yeah, we saved the city. He's like, my dad says you guys are full of baloney. He doesn't say that, but he's like, my dad says you're full of full baloney. It's like we saved the city. No, it's like, wait, 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 wait. They don't teach in school about how ghosts like took over a major city, mm-hmm. the biggest city, like. What what is the education system like in this world? It's yeah. bad. Yeah, m- must be. Like and the, it even I didn't think that deeply about it, but like the ghosts are no, just for like sure. influencing school administrators. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm diving way too deep. It's like, how do you keep forgetting that ghosts are real and they can like pretty much spooky nuke your city anytime they want? Spooky nuke, spook nuke, spook nuke. <laughs> but the uh, nuke of spook. So that's the Ghostbusters trailer. You have anything else to say about that one? Not really. I'm just more excited for it than I thought I would be. So, you know, it's gonna. It looks pretty good. It'll probably could on. be a pile of crap, but it still looks good. You know what we should do next week? What should we do next week? In addition to Christmas movie talking about, we should also talk about our, or give a brief rundown of our top ten from this year and mm. our top ten most anticipated for next year. Ooh, yeah, that's definitely something that we could do. But enough on that. We have got another trailer. Mm-hmm. Mulan. <laughs> we got Mulan. Oh, that just like I was looking at the Adobe and like we both were saying Ba Mulan at the same time, like put it like firmly up against the wall in red. That's funny. <laughs> um, but how do you oh, get so new new trailer for the live action Mulan movie. What do you think, Corey? I think that it looks great. I think that it looks very cinematic, really beautiful. Uh, the location, the cinematography, everything looks great. Um, I think the story looks like a lot of fun and something cool that they could do with these trailers is they could show a lot um, Mm -hmm. and not show as much at the same time and still get it effectively because we've all watched the animated uh, we've all watched the animated uh, movie so it kind of yeah movie movie. I don't know why I keep on saying show but we've all watched the animated movie so it's one of those things where we still have the bones of the story and we don't know this we notice the things that are different but we also have a sense of familiarity um, with everything and how everything is panned out and so it gives us a connection to the story, especially as they're playing, you know, instrumentals from the. It was the uh, reflection yes. instrumental, right? Yeah. yeah, we're they're playing that in the background of the trailer, and the action looks really good. The, looks great. like it all looks really good, and it looks very respectful as well. Is something that I've that I saw too because they've been trying to just not get into really bad Asian stereotypes, and I think that's definitely the good. Thing because if they if they adapted the music verbatim from the cartoon, it would have 
gotten kind of offensive. So it's yeah. like one of the things where like to the common movie going audience. So well, it's like one I of the think, deals where it looks really good. Well, I think the thing that would have flown like the least well from the cartoon was uh, the Emperor's advisor. Oh uh, yes, for sure. Like, well, basically because if you have a, like need a, like a cartoon voice for an Asian character, it's that guy. You call him. Like I've seen uh-huh. him in Archer, in Family Guy, in The Simpsons, in Disney movies. <laughs> if you need to typecast someone to do an Asian voice, it's that guy, and that probably wouldn't work in live action. No, Let's for sure, it, it, it really wouldn't work. It would just and come probably across for good reason. It just come across as super, just not right, and well, everything like, like that. Well, I think Mulan, like the the animated one in general, did a good job with not doing that. Like they just talked. Maybe there's like, like they were just like. No one really like sounded like they were trying to do something stereotypically Chinese. Like they all kind of had their own. Like maybe Mulan's dad was a little old, like little like, like just kind of like samurai honor thing, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Like I think, I think as far as like the horrible, horrible reputation the Walt Disney Company has with adapting other cultures' works, I think Mulan is the least egregious out of all of them. Yeah. Uh, just because I have a feel, I feel like they're just trying to do it better. That's like one yeah, of the well, things. Because yeah. I think what because what they're doing. Correct me if I'm wrong, Koi, but they're adapting the original fairy tale. Yes, instead, they are not the movie. Which mm-hmm. I kind of at the same time, I still have the original Mulan. I have Disney Plus. I can watch it anytime I want. Mm-hmm. And well, like you know, I love another like let's get down to business to sing. But I'm kind of I'm glad they're trying something new, like. Because they're making, like like a, they're giving actually some merit, like there's a to way. actually mm-hmm. like remaking this instead of like making it a shot for like shot, a lion, kind like of with thing. All Lion King did, yeah. like because like there's a villain like that's not in the end, like there's a witch lady, like mm-hmm. this lady, I'm like what, what is she up, like what's her thing, mm-hmm. like uh, I don't think uh, the character of Shang is in this either. Like I was looking over the cast, and I'm like, is there like a Shang character? Like it might be just a different named character as the general. Like is there gonna be because kind of a, I guess in the original Mulan, they kind of shoehorn him in as a, like a love interest right at the end. Like, I mean. I always thought they had a connection. Like, they had a connection, but I wasn't like, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's fine in the movie, but like, are they going to do that? Like, because I don't know the original fairy tale, really. No, for sure. I just know it based on the Disney movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, are they going to, like, have this, like, relationship at, like, by the end? Just, or is it going to be more about, like, are they going to do, that's another thing. Are they going to do the camaraderie they had with, like. Uh, her fellow soldiers who, by the way, like, you know how we were talking about ranking, like, the Disney comic relief? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Yao, Ling, and Chanpo are probably one of my favorites. Oh, they're hilarious. Like. They're funny. <laughs> so, it's like, I'm going to I'm gonna knock you so hard, I'll make your ancestors dizzy. <laughs> and he's like, ooh, sorry, Ling. <laughs> I love like no, tell. they're I great. Really like Mulan. No, <laughs> Mulan's a good movie. Anyway, so I think it was a good trailer. I think they're gonna deviate from the original Disney movie. There's gonna be no Eddie Murphy dragon. Which, sad. Ah, it's be sad cool. and good. It'd be cool if there's like maybe like a little red dragon who guided her. Maybe didn't talk. Like if, if it was just like an all like CG. Character. Well, they're having that Phoenix thing. There, yeah, there is that Phoenix thing. So I don't know what the, what's the deal with that. Like if they could have done like a, like a like a forearm length dragon that was voiced by Alden Alan Tudyk or something. Yes, Alan Tudyk is just gonna get all of the voices, <laughs> but of of uh, animal side characters in Disney movies. 
No, I thought it was a good trailer. Uh, I don't know. You have any other thoughts on it? Uh, not really. I think it's like I just thought it was a good trailer. Did the, it did its job? Because I wasn't excited for it. I one. was like eh before, but now I'm like yeah. I was like nah, but yeah. Yeah, you're like yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Sweet. <laughs> okay, so we've got about five minutes left before someone will with a comically large boot will kick us out of here. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what. It's happens. always either that or like a huge mallet, kind of yeah. like Harley Quinn. Well, like a big mallet, or like sometimes during award season, it'll be a big hook, like they have uh, during the award speeches. Not for sure. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> we just got so dumb just now. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so last little bit, also pertaining to the Walt Disney Corporation. Oh no. <laughs> Frozen Two, as you might be aware, had a huge opening weekend. Huge. A humongous. Huge weekend. Uh, we gotta break up. We gotta break up Disney. We gotta wake up, cause the billionaires and the millionaires are Disney. Apparently, Bernie just took over Corey. Like they, goodness, like <laughs> I'm currently possessing a subpar podcast host to tell you that the one percent making the billions and the millionaires richer. Well, Bernie, Bernie, has, Bernie, Bernie has goodness. Has a low opinion of Corey. <laughs> um, <laughs> dang, old man. I think that it's great that the billionaires, and the millionaires, are getting rich. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry, but Disney Plus is just so convenient. It anyway, really is. It really is. Speaking of, <laughs> Frozen 2 made a lot of money its opening weekend. I believe it's the record for an animated movie, oh. uh, or at least for like the winter. And it had a humongous Thanksgiving weekend. Humongous. And it worldwide, it is at $936 million and probably is going to be the let's see we got captain marvel avengers toy story lion king it'll be number five for disney and the billion dollar club mm -hmm. in 2019 and star wars hasn't come out yet wow dude it's gonna be so interesting to see how much money they make at the beginning of the quarter uh or towards the end of the quarter for um uh, like the end of the quarter next year is when we'll be knowing yeah. all the like all the residuals and all the money will um Disney's gonna had made. It, it'll be very interesting to see what 2019's like, true take was. So because uh, it's ridiculous. Like a year, like from the day Captain Marvel opened, it's opening day of Captain Marvel from twenty from twenty nineteen to that day in twenty twenty. Uh -huh. It's gonna be insane. Ugh. Like uh, it's crazy. Like. All the money they've made is like enough to eat up the flops that they've had. Like, honestly, like I'm willing to bet Star Wars is a billion before the year ends because it's it's got ten days to hit a billion. You think mm -hmm. it'll do it? I think it could do it. It just depends. Weekend. It just depends. It really depends on how good it is and if yeah. there's repeat. Because the thing is, say that it's a complete crap fest, and say that it's just like no. Say that people are just like one and done it. Which here's the deal. People might be that way, but knowing Star Wars fans, if it is Phantom Menace levels of bad, people will still watch it and act like they like it at least twice. So it'll still make a lot of money. At least for a month. Like, it will still be profitable, but then people will hate it. <laughs> well, then people get mad. Well, that's the thing, though, because let's see, you've got... Because Christmas falls on a Wednesday this year. Yes, it does. So you've got the... Because it comes out the 20th. So you've got the weekend before Christmas. Well, it comes out on the 19th, technically. Yeah, okay. So like early yeah. showings mm -hmm. Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. 
you've got so that Thursday, you've got that weekend before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Everyone's gonna be out of school, and everyone's gonna be out of school. Well, everyone's gonna be like off work or having less work the weekend after that too, because it's also the, like the between New Year's and Christmas thing that everyone has off sometimes. So, I think it could hit a billion before the ball drops for the 2019 to 2020, because like corporate debauchery aside, Disney has perfected the art of making money. Like, I hate to say it, but like they have, they have just, they grabbed the 2010s by the horns and made it their, uh, yeah, made it their stuff. Yeah, they made it. They, they made it. They, yeah, they 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 rode that bill. They rode that bull. They yeah. They, yeah, they, they you know is like a, you know very inhumane sport in my opinion, but it's okay or it's not okay. But <laughs> talking, yeah. looking at you, Spaniards. No, but yeah, I'm like yeah, take care of them bulls. Goodness, but yeah, take care of your livestock. Goodness me. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, that's about it. Do you have anything on like, closing thoughts for you? Yeah, my closing thoughts is, you know, have a rad time. Um, go listen to any box office episodes that you've missed and, you know, let us know um, if there's any specific content that you want, because I'm getting something, I'm getting some engagement, but not as, but like, you know, like people talk to me and uh, things like that, tell me what they want. So just like, you know, you can always um, DM us at the box office bros pod um, on Instagram and everything like that. So like that and box off and the box office bros um, Facebook page, definitely go up and go ahead and like that. And it's a good time. And we even have a group where people can kind of talk if they want. And so, yeah, it's a good community. We try it's to, right, we try, we, we'll try to, we'll try to have fun, try to have a good time. But you know, on that, uh, we're going to be closing. I, ha- I hope you guys have a rad time. Thank you for listening and box office bros out. Thank you for listening to box office bros. Oh gee. Thanks dad. You can catch the show live on Wednesdays, 12 noon to two o'clock on Mav radio, KVNO HD two. What about radio communication? Start with radio. This is earth radio. What's radio again. You can listen to the podcast version on anchor, Spotify, Apple podcasts, and stitcher. Podcasts are great. Radio is boring. Have a great day and see you next time. If I'm not back in five minutes, just wait longer. And now for my next impression, Jesse Owens. Peace out. Later, Tater. End of story. Bye-bye. See you later.